I had a question maybe you could answer. Yeah, sure. Since you collect all this data, I, you know, it just might have to do with the Sterling app, but sure. uh, working at home versus going into like Philadelphia, is there any kind of trend? You, you, you know who's working at home and who's not, right? Uh, yeah, we do. Um, they're, they, they passed a, a, a rule, actually before pandemic ever happened, it was shortly before. It actually involved the uh, gas well miner <coughs> in Pennsylvania, and they said, you can't change your residency in the system. You, you can't tax anybody for coming in until they stay for 90 consecutive days in one place. What's disrupted that is we've got people who are working in Philly or working somewhere else, and they go remote for three days, and, and the employers and the payroll companies are saying, hey, we don't have to fix anything. We can leave it alone the way it was before. We've seen some shifts, but uh, not enough to really cause any tremendous um, changes. We see changes all the time in communities, and we monitor this very closely. Uh, we look at every quarter that comes through on every political subdivision, school districts and municipalities, and where we see a variance um, that turns on an alert, and we start looking why. Uh, sometimes it's just because we've got an aging population and the high earners retired, or they moved to Florida. Sometimes you've got high income person who lived in that borough over there and they just moved into this township you watch you watch the revenue change from there to here and we see those kinds of things all the time and we can usually narrow it down sometimes it's a business closing sometimes business is opening sometimes it's a new development they just started issuing the uh, occupancy permits and they're coming in and and sign it up but uh, that's the kind of stuff we're looking at to put it on to uh, the 2020 uh, pandemic year, um, we're not going to see the state numbers to see if there were any changes that are really just delinquencies that we can chase down, and that may change the landscape for us because it takes you know the, the Department of Revenue two years to get their numbers to us. Uh, we'll be you know looking at all of that and sending out the notices right now. That information has basically gone out in an inquiry status. So until people come back and say, yeah, I really didn't pay when I owe it, or they say, no, it's all, you know, um, subchapter S distributions, it's not earned, it was just on the wrong line on my state return, we fixed it, here it is. You know, we go through that process all the time with the, with the state list. So we get one number, each social security number, it's supposed to be their earned income. A lot of times it's something else. And I mean, some, yeah. What we're trying to figure out is, uh, you know, we have a business commons sure. and uh, somebody's mentioning, oh, there's more cars parked in the parking lot now. Sure. And so we're led to believe that workers are back in the office, but I'm just trying to see if there's other where data. they work, are you looking at the non-resident portion? Because it's where yeah, you live, well, where everybody's going. If they all come to work in your community, it doesn't, but they all live in the next door community, that money shifts. Yeah. Yes. Yes, hi. Uh, um, following up on what you said about the 90 consecutive work days. Yes. 
then that sounds as if somebody was here a few days, there a few days, there a few days. Like, how do you determine that? Because there is no consecutive. Well, that was kind of the point of it was pushed through by the out-of-state well drilling people where they brought teams in and parked in Greene County and Tioga County and those places they needed to, you know, they were basically setting up uh, gas wells and they didn't want to have to count for all that and it makes it really, really difficult to prove anything. Mm -hmm. And that's basically where that came from, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Um, but for everybody else who now has to follow that rule because it, it never existed before, it used to be, you live there, that's your PSD code. That's right. where you go. Um, and where you work there, that's your, that's your workplace jurisdiction. But uh, it's, it's extremely difficult to account for it. We still put them somewhere, but it's a matter of whether it actually changed to a home-based business and the employer's responsible for reporting them there, or you know, it's a matter of how much time they're there. If the the resident would want to claim, if you worked in Philly, the resident would want to claim I now work from home in Bucks County. Because to not pay the Philly commuter tax, well, it for them, you know, would be that, that four plus percent versus the one percent back home. It's a matter of getting them to, to do that. They have to report to their employer, a P, you know, form, change my, change my PSD code. Hopefully their tax preparer is telling them to do that. We try to tell all the communities and to get that on their website and make sure you keep your employer updated if you're working from home to where you are. But uh, it's, a, it's a slow transition and the time goes by. You only need to work one quarter of the year in Philly with a super credit, and you owe everything to Philly. I mean, the, what you pay to Philly, you're gonna get a tax credit that's gonna wipe out the whole thing. Because if you're paying 4% there, and it's a 1% home, you pay 4% for one quarter, it wipes out all four quarters <laughs> in Bucks County. So it's it's a tough job to get that, those funds back. And I think, uh, I think Bob's gonna talk a little bit about what some plans are to to change the uh, to change the setup of that of that uh, process. Other questions, Joe? We are going to talk about the Sterling Act. Thanks, sir. If you're not familiar with the Sterling Act, Joe just described what it does. It essentially taxes our residents who work in Philadelphia at a rate of I think it's three point about three, three and a half percent, and we get nothing. So that shifts the tax burden to everyone else who pays earned income tax to the community to fund the cost of our services. So there's a grant resolution in the packets, and if you haven't seen it before, I'm hoping everyone has, there's a list of what each municipality is losing as a result of the uh, Sterling Act. Uh, and that's for tax year 21. That's the latest information, I guess, uh, information that Keystone provided that uh, we put into a simple one-page spreadsheet. And it looks to me, I don't know if every municipality is represented here, 
um, but certainly most all are, and it looks like every one of us has um, money going to the city that likely should come back to our communities. So the reason this is on the agenda is to ask each of you to take this back to your municipalities and consider adopting a resolution to urge the governor and the legislature to amend the Sterling Act to at least give us our 1% or half percent or whatever each of us uh, set the rate at. Um, I know that uh, Stacy Mulholland is in the front row. She sat in the front row in school like that too. I bet not. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she is working as the executive director for the Bucks County Association of Township Officials. That is a mouthful. And um, that agency organization is also working on um, having resolutions adopted and working on, I guess, um, um, some kind of program to urge the governor and the legislature to change the law. Um, it looks like um, there actually is some support for this in the legislature for the first time. Um, I know Matt Mellinson testified before a Senate policy committee hearing on this issue, as did I. Um, the chairman of the committee was from Erie, and he actually took an interest in this. Um, one of the things I learned recently was that you'd think the school districts would be interested in this too, but up to this point, uh, they have been subsidized by the legislature, by the state. So to the extent that they lose EIT to the city, it's being replaced by um, the state. Oh, yeah. Now, when you think about that, if you're in Greene County, and again, Sterling Act only affects those communities outside of Philadelphia, but if you're in Greene County, your state taxes, the money that your residents are paying to Pennsylvania, are going to subsidize school districts in the Philadelphia area who are losing money to the city because of the Sterling Act. So people are starting to realize that this is actually happening. And um, there, again, seems to be, at least from my read of the policy committee hearing, some support to change the act. Um, Stacy's got her hand up. Yeah, so if I could just add a few things to that. So one of the aha moments at the, at the policy committee hearing was that um, not too long ago, there was a Pennsylvania Supreme Court decision that came out that said the way school districts are currently funded is unconstitutional and they have to revise how they're going to put together that formula for for school funding so they the legislators that were present thought that perhaps this would be sort of a avenue for the sterling act to get incorporated when once they're you know they've broken up everything and this sort of comes out that it might not be a standalone bill that gets gets this um, amended, but it could be a function of a larger legislative bill that already needs to address the school funding formula, and this would just naturally be a part of it. And separately, um, while I was out at PSATS, I did a little bit of networking and uh, met some folks from Chester County, 
and talked to them about this. One was a manager, one was a supervisor, and um, they weren't really aware of it. So I then reached out to my counterpart, um, Executive Director Ernie Hollings of the Chester Cicado organization, and he's they are they had some stuff dated stuff but on their website and uh, he's gonna start to bring that up to his folks again since Fox took the lead and I also reached out to um, which Chester is also another Keystone uh, County I also reached out to I ran into a representative from uh, Montgomery County and uh, kind of enlightened her to about to what was going on, and she's very interested. So I'm going to send her. Mikado had some dated stuff on their website too, but until we can get fresh numbers, I'll send her that. And reached out to Jamie Gwynn, who happens to be the manager in a district she represents, and he was here, you know, on the Sterling Act from the beginning. So we've got it. We've kind of got it snowballing in, in Montgomery County and Chester County, too. So we'll just keep going with it. So there seems to be momentum in all the counties now around the city uh, for the first time. And now's our opportunity, I think, to give it our best shot to get this law changed. I know for Northampton Township, it's $1.9 That's certainly nothing to sneeze at. And you can look at the list for each of your towns and see what your numbers are. Um, and it's it's nine it's over nine million dollars for all of us. About nine million dollars for all of us. So it's a lot of money. Joe, you as you look at those numbers, it's important to know that's what we can see. That's those who actually file returns. You work in Philly and you don't owe taxes. Most people stop filing globally um, they never owed in other words I've worked in Philly for the last 15 years I'm, what am I reporting the state list information uh, provides some information uh, until we can actually see Philadelphia tax office numbers what you're looking at is best case scenario that we can see that that's a loss it's a fraction of what you're really losing. There's a lot of money that's staying in Philadelphia from your communities that we can't have, we have no way of seeing right now because we don't have access to the numbers. That's important to know that. Can, can, can you explain the second column exactly what that means? It's 25%. The second column, the count column? This is my spreadsheet, so uh, that is the number of residents that have been identified by Keystone as paying tax to the city and not to the home community. Oh, great. If you work a split year and you're gonna file a return locally, you either owe something, would you wanna show your credits from Philly to show why you don't owe locally, then we can see them and we can count those numbers. People aren't filing locally, but you have no way where they are, where they're clearly not in the PSD code, in our system, through workplace jurisdiction because of the super credit rule with Philadelphia. So they're already excluded. We're not gonna chase them to file a return 
to report something that we can't tax anyway. It's all held in Philadelphia, all burned in Philadelphia. So that's 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 kind of the history there. We can look at the state list when it comes out, and we can see what their income was back then, and it matches. You know, it's, we can see they're not lying, but they don't need to report it. They don't need to report it at all. So we don't really are able to account for it each year. I, I was just trying to figure out why $1,749 is from Regalsville, which is a long way to the city. You're going to have people working there. You got at least one. Right. You got at least one people <laughs> working in the city. I can tell you there are people who commute from Dauphin County. Oh, yeah. Bill, you're almost two and a half million dollars. Yeah. And I think Bristol's at over a half a million. These are big numbers. So the, the last column is what you would estimate we would get by pass if this resolution had an impact. If the legislature changes the law, that's, yes. Because right. I, I, I said it's probably a conservative number. Probably conservative. I was reading this, the, the resolved part of this resolution incorrectly. It says one, uh, an amount up to 1% of the non-resident Philadelphia wage taxes paid by non-residents of Philadelphia. I mean, that's not really what you mean. It if they pay three and a half. No, up to 1% should come back to the home community. Up to 1% of the three and a half percent. Because not everyone has <laughs> adopted a 1% EIT. Yeah. Middletown, for example, adopted a half percent. Right, I just thought Middletown that. Middletown has a 1%. I thought that language was maybe a little confusing. I, I agree. I have the exact same question. It looks like we're getting 1% of the total amount that they're getting. Right. That's and that I'm sitting here doing, well, that's not much for us. Is that worth it? Hmm. So, yeah. You should change um, I think the you mean the 1% that we would get. Otherwise, not 1%. This says 1% of the non-resident Philadelphia wage taxes paid by non-residents of Philadelphia. Yeah, if the resident paid three thousand dollars, you're asking for one percent of that. So it shouldn't be paid; it should be owed. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Just change it. Mm -hmm. I think it was sent out in the word format. So change it. Change it to whatever you want. You can change the whole thing if you want. I guess the legislature knows what we mean when we do this anyway. <laughs> the important thing is do something. That's the important thing. Do something. Take some action. And then I, I, I don't know if we should collect. Well, that was my question. Yeah. Like, I mean, we're done. Let's have a repository. Why don't we collect them all here? And we can send them collectively to our state representatives, our state senators, and to the governor. Okay. So did, well, I emailed you. I asked you about the school districts. And you said the basic formula, which I understand, but I was, you were meeting with a lot of legislators that were going to act on our behalf for us. The question, I, we don't know what they're going to do. Right, I know, but I mean, if you have the schools working with you, but I don't know if they are because they're getting funded by the state and now they're going to get funded by the people. Yeah, I don't know that it matters. Right. School districts municipalities should. Yeah, that's an interesting point to because that when Philadelphia is putting its numbers out, I guess trying to reconcile. I wonder if they're shooting high. I don't, I'm speculating. I don't, they might be shooting high with the numbers because their loss is getting 
like the, the, if you want to call it the game, right? 10 million here, whatever, whatever that number is, 9 million bucks plus the others. I mean, so we've been throwing the number 100 million around for some years on that, right? Is that the number you guys hear too? But I wonder how much that goes to the school districts. This is half a percent. Yeah. Nine million yeah, is half think, a percent. Yeah, we think it's half of it. We don't you know, know. Yeah, we think it's probably half fifty million. Because right. part of the part of the solution here, presumably, if I, I put myself in the shoes of the state legislature, I mean, you can't just take a hundred million dollars in Philadelphia and like without some type of. Well, um, I disagree. It's our money. Yeah. I disagree. Yeah, but what I'm saying is. I mean, would you want to offer, you know, I, is, is it feasible to pass the law? And let's, let's talk about practicalities. Is it is feasible to pass the law that says we're going to take $100 million of a $5 million budget off of the, our, you know, the main city and the state? You know, I mean, you got to practically, practically think how do you actually get it done? Um, but maybe it's only $50 million. Maybe it's I, I think 100. it's, I've heard numbers of $25 million. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, we don't know because right. we don't right. know, as Joe said. Well, a lot of times too. That's part of the challenge, like drilling into the numbers and like how was this computed, what was the methodology, and, and all that good stuff too. We're, we're simply that, asking if the city's taxing our residents at three point five percent to give us one or one yep. percent. They can keep the other two and a half if they want, yeah. or they can raise their their non-resident wage tax. It's been up there before, yeah, yeah. in its history. Yeah. The, the other no, thing that I think. Could be some low hanging fruit, the numbers would be less. Lower hanging fruit, I should say. Lower hanging fruit. Is this whole concept the gentleman over there alluded to like the, the um, working from home factor, right? And like the studies I've read, extensive studies on this, you know. You get different different articles come to different conclusions. But they seem to hover around at like twenty five percent of the working hours in the US at least tend to be at home these days. Right? So Philadelphia's doing this thing that Maybe people here understand or know, but maybe not. I'm not sure. But this, this whole convenience of the employer concept here. So Philadelphia. So in other words, you have people working from home. Let's just say in Bucks County jurisdictions that actually don't go to Philadelphia anymore, but they're still getting taxed as if they were in Philadelphia because they worked at home for their own convenience. See, to me, that's that's more egregious. I mean, if you really stretch that out, you say somebody worked in the city. 2% of the time, just to really stretch the point out, or you know, one day a month or something like that. To suggest that all that money should go to Philadelphia is patently wrong. It's, it's I think it wrong. depends on how whoever that individual is files. He needs to have that argument with his employer right. and decide where he where he works. <clears throat> that has nothing to do with this body. Oh, the employer, it, it changes the PSD code. It, it, it directly relates to what we're talking yeah, about. The Philadelphia Tax Office actually put out a, an instruction that the employer must provide the Philadelphia Tax Office with a letter saying they are mandating this employee work from home right, right. rather than how they have any authority to do that. They I don't. don't see they can't. Yeah. Where you work, Who's to determine what's in your head or what's in your employer's head? If you're not physically getting on the trolley, getting on the L, going to your office in the city, coming back every day, then you're not working in the city. Right. It doesn't even do with what they think about that. You know? but, but, but it's directly impacting right. the municipalities here. But the city lost billions of dollars in the, in the COVID window right before they enacted that rule. Right. Right. Well, they came to come to, to our towns, right? Mm -hmm. Because when COVID hit and yeah. went home, 
the city lost all of that wage tax, right? They're trying to call it back by rules. That's right. You got something like mandating, mandating, right? If, if, if my employer mandates that I uh, work from home, then I can right. then I can claim then I just do my one percent for my town, right? And you get it all. But there's and to me, Philly's on thin ice with that there's position. There's a lot of clarity it, around that. That's right. But if you were able to push back that position a little bit, there would be immediately benefit to the birds. You, you see what I'm saying? And, and that's more of like a technical position. I don't know that that would require any state legislative change or things like that. Um, it's just interesting. It'd be a subset of this. It'll probably be a, I don't know what percentage it would be, but you know, it wouldn't be the nine, million, but it would be some percentage of it. So you report, I wanted to share that because I think that that's a piece that could get done a little easier. Is there uh, anything else we could do to push this along? I mean, other than talking to our talking state to representatives, representatives, maybe Picado would organize a march on Harrisburg. Support the uh, for the township. Support the actions of Picado and the Boroughs Association. If they're So when you send these out, do you send them out to the state representatives or? Well, that, I think if we, I think once they're compiled, that's the intent. Yeah, we send them all out at once. And Either. I think if we send them out as this body, it will have a large impact. Right, instead of each township. Instead of each town individually, we send them all. And they could get CC'd so that all mm -hmm. of the reps know. Right. And a of paper gets to their desk, it will yeah. make an impression. And at, at the um, Bucks County Managers Consortium, Senator Barry was present and he talked about this a little bit and asked for me to send over resolutions from last time and I did send them to him. Okay. So, urge you to or it's paid by, or it's paid by to collect it from residents of Philadelphia. And you need to email them to either myself or Becky. Okay. Uh, yeah. Anything else on this? 
some momentum. Let's take advantage of this the revenue that we're supposed to get. This is um, the, the fact that you're going to send this all back out again. I'm I'm just wondering whether we sh it should also get sent out to the parallel organizations because like obviously not everybody's coming to these meetings. Well, I would send. I, I think we send it to Stacy. Stacy can okay. also send it out. I think it's duplicate. So what? Right. Yep. Yeah. And I think I'm set up so I could break out managers and supervisors, but I think it's important that the elected officials get it. Just and you could say like your manager may you maybe you know like I've already got it. Barbara's already seen our draft agenda. Yeah. And she knows it's on there. She just hasn't seen the final mm -hmm. document. She'll see the package tomorrow. Yeah, I think we need to pepper the yeah. pepper everybody with. Yeah, this. and then maybe she can share it with her counterparts in Chester, Delaware, yeah. Montgomery counties. Yeah. Well, we did. <laughs> I'm off tomorrow. <laughs> I know you, you want them all to be the same, but I was looking at this again. And okay, so for example, we can add a whereas if we wanted to. Add whatever you want, I think the bottom line is we want money. We want 1% of what they collect. Well, it's good to know that the, the, the whole county is losing 1.1 million, but it would be better. It's just us. It's just all right. Oh, okay. So nine million for the whole county. Uh, so we need to change that number then. for Newtown, for example. You need to put your own. There's a in if you want to yeah. the graph same. over there. And that's the last column on the graph. Correct. All right. And then the count is the number of residents. Right. I'll put that in. Yes. Is there a good resource um, to send to the other elected officials on like what is the difference between the all townships EIT loss and then the super credit loss and what is a super credit? Because I'm sitting here thinking, I think I used to know these are, I forget, it's complicated. I I have to go Google it and then put something, post it for everybody, and then I have to sit in a meeting and explain it. So. <laughs> we could have three columns. <laughs> or if, it, if there's something that's just easier, like, I don't want anybody to have to mess around with it. Um, but if there's a resource that anybody knows of that could just shoot out an email to the group that is makes it easy for everybody to understand what's That's what right. is this. Bob, can you write her a one page executive summary memo? Why don't you write a one page executive summary memo and everybody can send out to all of their elected officials? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I can send you the, the memorandum that I gave to my board that summarizes the workshop. And it even includes a motion. Well, I, I spouted about it last night, and I had to repeat it to this one particular gentleman three times. Everyone else got it. But it is very common. The super credit gets a little that's, that's tough. Yes. Yeah. Because it's not real. 
Aqui, aqui. 